Hello, TD Fantasy listeners. Jamie Eisner here telling you about the ultimate fantasy football draft experience. You've heard us talk about it on the show before. Fantasy football at sea. Think about what you were doing this past draft night. Were you just sitting on your couch? Were you stuck at the office hoping your boss didn't see you? That's no fun at all. Isn't fantasy football supposed to be fun? Why not upgrade and do your 2019 draft on a cruise to the Bahamas where you can get the best advice and party with the top fantasy analysts and former NFL players? Beach, sun, fantasy football, TD Fantasy will be there. That is a tough combo to beat. Go to fantasyfootballatsea.com for more information and learn how you can book today. It's the TD Fantasy. The TD Fantasy Podcast. TD Fantasy Podcast. With your host, Paige Demakos, Jamie Eisner, and Jake Arians. Welcome into the TD Fantasy Podcast. Paige Demakos, Jamie Eisner, and no Jake Arians as he is driving somewhere in the part of the United States. Undisclosed location. Not quite sure where he is. Please help us find him. Uh, no, just kidding, but he's not lost, but he's somewhere in the U.S., don't know where he is, so Jake will be joining the podcast later on this week. Jamie, you wrote a really good piece on tdfantasy.com, and that is our starting off point for today's podcast, because you did a, basically a redraft, so who goes in the first round of the fantasy draft now that we know what the six weeks of the NFL that we've had thus far, heading into week seven, We have a good grasp on the fantasy world, and there's been some disappointments and there's been some surprises. So, Jamie, that's what we're getting into today. Yeah, I think the basic thing here was we're now at the midpoint of the regular season for fantasy. I think the biggest thing we're trying to figure out now is if we took – the purpose of this project was we already have six weeks of data. We're going to have another – you know, 10-ish weeks, depending on your league, maybe nine, maybe 11 weeks. Uh, If we take the information we already have and then we use what we think is going to happen the rest of the season, how would the top 10 shake out? And interestingly enough, uh, you expect a lot of change at the top, but at the very top this year, there is no change. Todd Gurley was pretty much the consensus number one pick in the preseason, and he is the number one player in fantasy so far. 13.5 13.5-point lead over the number two fantasy scorer, which is Melvin Gordon. He's almost an 18-point advantage over Patrick Mahomes. So that's a quarterback that has been lighting it up, and he has an 18-point advantage over Mahomes. Uh, it's one of those things where those Rams offense looks sensational. They're going to sustain this production going forward. I would be shocked if Todd Gurley, unless he gets hurt, finishes anywhere other than as the number one running back in fantasy. Yeah, I think the – the Todd Gurley one is to be expected. I think we all we all kind of expected this offense to continue rolling this season. There was a bit of a hesitation, and I don't want to say a huge hesitation, but there was the, okay, was the Rams' success a one-and-done type of thing? Was there a little magic in the bottle, and we weren't going to see that again? Obviously, we know that not to be the case now. Cooper Cup, Jared Goff. Todd Gurley, there's been a lot to like from a fantasy perspective from the LA Rams. But the next pick here is where things get interesting. Because number one and number two was pretty close between all fantasy analysts. And it was it was predominantly Todd Gurley, Le'Veon Bell, or Le'Veon Bell, then Todd Gurley. And I pray for you if you took Le'Veon Bell. Because, listen, 
It's not your fault. Nobody could have forecasted that Le'Veon Bell was going to sit through six weeks. And dear God, I hope you ended up drafting James Conner to make sure that you didn't end up without a running back because the number two running back you have here is Melvin Gordon. And Jamie, I'm going to let you gloat a little bit because you were really high on Melvin Gordon going into the season. And I have to say, I read about every major fantasy analyst's top 15 list going into the season, and I don't remember anybody having Melvin Gordon as high as you. Yeah, I mean, I, I had him. I thought I was high when I said I would spend the sixth or seventh overall pick in the draft, so middle of the first round on Melvin Gordon. And I think people just, for whatever reason, they knew he was good. I mean, he was going in some drafts at the very end of the first round or very beginning of the second round, depending on when you did your draft, which again, probably dictates whether or not you took Le'Veon Bell with a number two pick or not. Uh, I'll, I'll tell you this he has been productive uh, for a few years now, extremely productive. Obviously, I mentioned he's the number two scorer in fantasy behind Todd Gurley. Number three on a fantasy points per game basis. Alvin Kamara has played one fewer game, has, I believe, an extra point per fantasy game. But there's no signs of him slowing down. It doesn't matter how many touches Austin Eckler is getting in that offense. Uh, I told you in the preseason I thought Melvin Gordon was going to catch the ball more on the backfield. He's been extremely productive in the passing game. Uh, I, he's been an absolute stud this season and he's clearly the number two back. And if you got him and he is either late in the first round or early in your second round, maybe at the turn, you're probably feeling really, really good right now. I've seen a lot of really good fantasy players at the very top of their league standings that somehow managed to get Melvin Gordon as their RB two on draft day. Yeah, it's, it's, it's definitely turned out to be, uh, if you got Melvin Gordon, you probably got him at a steal. Cause I don't think I know anybody that took Melvin Gordon two overall and he's giving you that type of value so you probably took him later around the turn and you're getting a hell of a value from Melvin Gordon so that's a huge one number three overall here another interesting one because David Johnson was the guy who a lot of people had in number one and number two I know off the top of my head three or four of my friends who drafted David Johnson one or two Uh, and he has been a disappointment, is putting it lightly. That offense is horrendous. It's the worst offense in the NFL. Mike McCoy, you heard Bruce Arians on this very podcast question the usage of David Johnson, and if you are a fantasy owner, you are exactly on board with what Bruce Arians said because you're a little concerned, and now that we've seen six weeks of this, this is pretty much what you're going to expect from David Johnson. So you don't have David Johnson here, Jamie, obviously, You have rookie phenom Saquon Barkley, and there's a lot to like about Saquon Barkley, even though there isn't much else to like from that offense. No, and I'm as surprised as anybody that Saquon Barkley is as high for me because I'm always very cautiously optimistic with rookie running backs. I think that no position in fantasy gets hyped more than a first-round running back, and we, we see it come. We see it every year. Every once in a while, it pays off, but typically it pays off with some the third, fourth, fifth-round guys. Uh, one of the best examples of that is a few years old, but think of Matt Forte in his rookie season and what fantasy owners were getting value-wise where they drafted him. It's very risky taking a rookie in the first round because they need to live up to every expectation just for you to get your value back. And somehow, some way, despite all of the hype around Saquon Barkley, he has lived up to it. Uh, that offense is not good. I do worry about him hitting a rookie wall at some point late in the season. But right now he's a number five player in terms of fantasy points per game. And there is still some room where he can improve if the rest of the Giants offense gets 
just a little bit more competent, I think he can have some more room to run on the ground. He's obviously already having a, a massive effect in the passing game. To me, I have a hard time not taking him. In this case, I picked him number three overall going from where he is now the rest of the way. And I'm about as shocked as anyone that he is still this high six weeks into his rookie year. Yeah, he's looked phenomenal. There's been you know, a lot of question marks about whether or not they should have – the New York Giants should have drafted him as high as they did because Eli Manning has looked absolutely awful. But that doesn't matter from a fantasy perspective because Saquon Barkley – especially if you are in a dynasty league, is the type of player that you are going to love having on your fantasy team going forward because he's a special generational talent from a running back perspective. He can do so much. And like I talked to my friend John Ledger today, he said he's not just a running back. He He does so much more, and he is an absolute stud. And I think you're really happy if you got him probably in that 7 to 10 range, which is where he was projected most by fantasy analysts. The next guy here, there's not much. Listen, most people had him top five. I think you have, you you loved him the first couple weeks. Now that Mark Ingram's back, we'll see if that bites into his timing at all. Probably not. We saw both of them have success the last season, uh, ended up both being top 12, but that is Alvin Kamara. Uh, What do you like about Alvin Kamara, Jamie? Well, the, the starters, he's the number two player only behind Todd Gurley in a fantasy points per game. So he's been extremely productive even with that relatively poor performance uh, in his last outing. I think he still had like 9.6 points. So it wasn't like a complete disaster, but not what you expect from him. I know there are a lot of people panicking right now. There there have been a lot of tr- – I see it on Twitter. I've seen it in leagues I've been in. There are a lot of people trying to trade away Alvin Kamara right now. I, I think this is a massive overreaction. It's not like this is the first year with Kamara and Ingram are sharing the backfield. This is not like, well, we saw it for the first week ever, and now we're worried. Alvin Kamara was an absolute stud last season, and you took you took him in the first round this year knowing that Mark Ingram was going to be back. Mark Ingram's a good back as well. I think the person that gets maybe hurt from this the most is a player we'll talk about uh, toward the end of this, which might be Michael Thomas, because I think the Saints end up running the ball a little bit more. But to me, I'm not worried at all. Kamara's been the number two player in fantasy so far this season. He's, there's no way he's not in the top five or six for the rest of the way. Don't If you are an Alvin Kamara owner, don't panic. Uh, even if there's another kind of so-so week this week, I wouldn't panic at all. We've seen him have success with both of them in the backfield. No, you like both of them. You definitely know that they're both going to have success. That's just that we've seen it before, and I know there was the one game. Don't panic. I think they'll be fine. They'll come off a bye, and they'll look great. Uh, and we'll get into Michael Thomas a little later. Here at pick five – You had a guy, or you have a guy, Ezekiel Elliott, who was projected to be a top three running back by a lot of people. There there was a lot of discussion between that top three of how that was all going to shake out, but a lot of people thought Zeke would be in that top three. You have him five. I assume that's because you don't think he ends up being top three at the end of the season. Is that correct? Yeah, I just have a hard time believing. Like, I don't think he's going to catch Gurley or Gordon, for example. Uh, Saquon's upside still too high. And all the guys I listed above him have outscored him so far. So they would have to, so he would have to outscore all four of those players by, you know, at least a decent margin, uh, to crack his way into the top four. And, and I think people might be surprised to see him that high still because he is the only the number 23 player in fancy points per game this season. Now that includes quarterbacks. So you're going to get a lot of quarterbacks in this range. He's a number six running back right now, but this is where position scarce, scarcity and sustainability comes in. 
in terms of confidence and workload, it's tough to be more confident in any back aside from maybe Todd Gurley than Ezekiel Elliott getting his touches. And he's been extremely productive with them all season. He's been very durable when he plays. I don't. I know the Cowboys' offense looked good last week, but they were absolutely dreadful the weeks prior. I don't think they're going to be as quite that terrible going forward. I see no reason why he is not a top five back the rest of the way. He's already been a number six running back so far. It's more of a safe pick there at number five. What's up, TD Fantasy listeners? Jake Arians here. Not only am I one of your co-hosts on the podcast of TD Fantasy, I'm also very privileged and proud to be the president of the Arians Family Foundation, the foundation that we started to honor my mom and the work that she's done uh, for underprivileged kids uh, throughout her entire life. So for more information, go to ariansfamilyfoundation.com, at ariansff on all your social media outlets. Number six is a bit of a surprise as well. Um, I would say he was more in the uh, around the turn category. He was a late first round, early second round grade for most fantasy analysts. And you had him higher than that. Jake liked him a lot. I liked him a lot. And I would say, if I remember correctly, you liked him, I think, the most because you thought he was going to catch 100 passes. Or you, I can't remember exactly what you said, but you were really excited about Christian McCaffrey. So I'm going to let you gloat again, Jamie, because McCaffrey's having a hell of a season. Yeah, and, and the big thing I said at the time was I thought he could catch 100 balls. That's exactly what I said, Paige. And right now he's on pace for 109 catches. And I think that's a pace he can keep up because we're now looking at two years of sustainability. This is not uh, this is not a Michael Thomas case where he was on pace for like 210 catches or something that is just ridiculous that you weren't ever going to see. 109 is doable. He is the playmaker in that offense. It is him and it's Cam Newton running the ball. Those are the playmakers in Carolina's offense. He hasn't scored fewer than 13.5 points in any game this season. He's a number seven running back in terms of fantasy points per game. They're showing that there are going to be games this year where they run him pretty consistently, which I think adds even adds more to his value. If you're in a PPR league, which is what these are, you know, PPR whether it's full point or half point, which is what these redraft is designed for, he is going to be an absolute stud because of just the volume of touches he's getting in the passing game. He's going to get 100 catches this year. I, unless he gets hurt, that pass to 109 that he's on right now is very doable for him. Yeah, I think I'm in complete agreement with you, Jamie. I I remember thinking, man, 100 catches, and now, like you said, 109. I think the Carolina success is driven by the success with Christian McCaffrey, and I think they know that. So I don't anticipate that he's going to slow down at all. I wouldn't even be surprised if he actually outpaces that because I think they know that Christian McCaffrey helps Cam Newton stay healthy, and it helps that team be better. And I think that all factors in from a fantasy perspective. The next guy we're going to talk about, Adam Thielen. I, I I feel like heading into the heading into the drafts, we talked a lot about Stefan Diggs. And I, I do pay attention to preseason because you you especially when there's a new quarterback with Kirk Cousins coming into Minnesota, you kind of thought, okay, it looked like Kirk and Stefan Diggs had built up kind of a bit of a rapport, but you really didn't see that much of it. And it like in Jamie's piece on TDFantasy.com, like it says, listen, we're not knocking Stefan Diggs. But it is clear Adam Thielen has cemented himself as the number one wide receiver there in Minnesota. And, man, he is making a case to be one of the best wide receivers in the NFL as well, Jamie. Absolutely. And, again, I'll, I'll eat some crow on this a little bit because I, too, thought Stephon Diggs was – I thought they were both would be top 15 plays. But I thought Stephon Diggs would be the receiver that was the number one option in Minnesota with Kirk Cousins. And – I was wrong. I mean, Diggs is still a hell of a player and is having a great season. But Adam Thielen 
He's the number one wide receiver in fantasy right now. The number six overall player, Adam Thielen's not something I thought I would ever say, uh, even after his great performance last year. He's clearly number one there. He's got – look about this. Ten more catches than any other player in the NFL. Ten more. That's That includes Michael Thomas's hot start. That includes Christian McCaffrey catching all those balls. Ten more than any player in the NFL right now. That's going to continue. Uh, and again, we he was the only guy that performed in that one game where Minnesota lost at home to Buffalo, where the entire team played like garbage except for Adam Thielen. Uh, look, there are a lot of good fantasy wide receivers nowadays, but Thielen is clearly the number one, and I cannot see a scenario where he's not, again, barring injury, where he misses a lot of time, where he's not a top three wide receiver at worst, probably top two by season's end. He's only had one game this season below 24.5 points, and that was a terrible 16.2-point performance in week one. I mean, I, I am an Adam Thielen owner, and I have been absolutely thrilled with him this year. He would be my top receiver taken if we did a redraft right now. He is quite the value play, as you've seen. And, and the thing with Minnesota's offense is I think it's just started to kind of get on track to where it's going to be. And that defense was going to figure stuff out eventually. It looks like with their win against Philadelphia the other two weeks ago, they kind of got back to what we thought they were going to be. They got a big victory at home. They absolutely you know, destroyed the Arizona Cardinals uh, at home in Minnesota. It looks like that team's going to get it going. But you did not mention, it's interesting because that's your number one wide receiver. We're used to the next guy always being the number one dude. And listen, he's not far behind, but he did have a slow start, and that is Antonio Brown. As somebody who owns Antonio Brown in two of the seven leagues that I'm playing in right now, but I, I, you're never upset having Antonio Brown. And people who overreacted to him starting slow and dropped him or tried to trade him uh, RIP your fantasy teams because Antonio Brown is going to continue to do what he always does and make up for the first couple of weeks where he didn't necessarily have AB type of numbers. Yeah, I mean, look, his slow start, it was way, way, way overblown. I mean, again, he was, he's was he been perfectly fine this year. He hasn't been as dominant as he has been in years past. He's not the clear number one wide receiver right now because he's number six among wide receivers in fantasy points per game. But look, he's going to finish in the top three. We all know this. He's starting to get things together. The Steelers' offense is starting to come together. Uh, I I do think he's going to finally hand the crown over of number one fantasy receiver this year to Adam Thielen. But he's not going to be very far behind. Uh, I think he there's a he's at worst the number two wide receiver going forward from here on out after being the number six up to this point. Again, if you're redrafting today, let's you don't get cute. I, I think he's been perfectly capable and if this is the worst you're going to get out of Antonio Brown is the worst is a top six wide receiver just kind of remember what the good times are going to start happening later in this year where he's going to catch you two three touchdowns and start winning you some fantasy matchups on your own so there's no way he would fall out of the first round for me yeah Big Ben and Antonio Brown are back clicking on all cylinders that offense is back clicking on all cylinders and I think the Pittsburgh Steelers are well on their way to doing exactly what they we thought they were going to be the class of the division and top of the AFC. I think they're back on track, and that means AB is in for a lot of points. And listen, never overreact, okay? Don't overreact the first couple of weeks. And, and people that do, it really bites you because now is the time from now until when the fantasy playoffs start, you're going to start getting into the grunt time where you need your horses to perform for you. And I can tell you, I know Antonio Brown is going to perform every week. Pick nine here. We're on pick nine of pick ten. 
This was a guy who started off so hot last season, and I was a bit concerned about him coming into this season, Jamie, and that is Kareem Hunt. Uh, I think as as the Chiefs have progressed, his involvement in the offense has also progressed because I was a bit worried when they first started off because Mahomes was throwing the ball all over the place. But you have seen him be what kind of he was projected to be. And their the previous pick here was Leonard Fournette. And man, oh man, Fournette is nowhere near anybody's top 10 right now. No, no, he's not. And I was a little surprised even when I made this list that Kareem Hunt made the first round. Because if you would have just asked me to go off the top of my head, I don't think I would have named him here. But here's what I like about Hunt. One, as you said, in recent weeks, he's actually being more involved and he's getting better. Uh, in fact, if you take out his week one performance, which was not, which was okay, but not great. If you just go from weeks, it made that, let's say, around his average of what he's done all year. He's right in Ezekiel Elliott, Christian McCaffrey territory in fantasy points per game. I know you can't do that. Week one counted. All these games count. But it kind of shows you that if you take out the poor performance from the very beginning of the season, he has been in that range. Right now he's the number 10 running back in fantasy. And we've talked a lot about Kansas City's offense still having meat on the bone. I know Jake and I have I've, I've used that phrase ad nauseum on the show. And the meat on the bone is for Kareem Hunt. They do have the ability to run this ball, run the ball a little bit more. They do have the ability to use him more, and we're starting to see that. And I know a lot of the credit, rightfully so, has gone to Pat Mahomes and to Tyree Kill. But Kareem Hunt, in terms of fantasy, is still the chief you want the most and still the most valuable chief to fantasy owners. Not only that, but the weather's changing, people. And when football weather comes around, you better believe they start running the football. And Kansas City's known for having some some crazy storms. As somebody who grew up in the Midwest and went to school in Nebraska, not too far from Kansas City, listen, those storms are no joke. And they they have the ability to hand the rock off and let Kareem Hunt do his thing. So I think his value is going to go up as the season continues. All right, let's end here with pick 10. Pick 10 is Michael Thomas. Uh, I think of of all of us on the show, Jake was clearly far and away the highest on Michael Thomas. And it looks like he's been pretty good so far. He had a couple of good weeks. He's He kind of simmered off a little bit. And, and to your point, with Mark Ingram coming back and Elvin Kamara being hot, I do think that he will not end up being what he was the first few weeks, but he's still going to be right where you have him here at pick 10 and, and some good value. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm not worried too much with Michael Thomas here. I mean, this this will be a start of another tier for me uh, because I think I just feel safer with the other nine guys on this list. But look, he's been he's been the one of the best wide receivers in fantasy so far. He's had the massive volume in the first month of the season. Uh, again, back to back four catch weeks do have some owners concerned, and I'm not sure he's going to finish in the top four the rest of the way. I mean, from this point forward, and among wide receivers, but I'd be surprised if he's not in the top four, five, six, seven wide receivers at the very worst the rest of the way, considering what he's already done this season and what you already can bank on. Uh, I would be shocked if he wasn't a top, you know, what, what if he's like my number three receiver on here. I'd be surprised if he's not top three or four. I think there's a safety level there. The Saints offense is really clicking. It's really on all cylinders. Again, I don't want to be a prisoner of the moment and freak out over two kind of map performances. So uh, I think Michael Thomas would be my pick here. And, you know, to like he's mentioned before, to Jake's credit, he was his number one wide receiver. Uh, or I believe, excuse me, he was his number one wide receiver behind Antonio Brown uh, coming into the season. He was very, very high on Michael Thomas, and he has by far lived up to those expectations. 
Yeah, he definitely has lived up to those expectations, and the New Orleans Saints in general have lived up to the expectations from a fantasy perspective, which which isn't surprising uh, at all when you know it doesn't seem like the Drew Br- uh, the, uh, the the Peyton, the Sean Payton train is slowing down. The Drew Brees, Sean Payton train is slowing down at all. Uh, if anything, it, it's only going to continue coming off a bye week. They're going to have Mark Ingram back. Obviously, they had him back for one week so far, and I think that offense is going to continue to roll, and that's a good thing if you're a fantasy owner. Now, guys, this list is up on tdfantasy.com, so if you want to see – the full list and kind of Jamie's breakdown a little bit further. You can go to tdfantasy.com. This is a free article, so you can check that out. And as always, I want to remind you guys, if you want the premium picks, you're going to have to subscribe to TD Fantasy, pay the fee, make the money. It's totally worth it. The guys have been doing exceptionally well, and you're going to want to make sure you're getting your bets in with Jamie and Jake as they have done uh, very, very well this season. And that is always our Friday podcast. So make sure you check those out. You can go back and, and see how they're picking against the spread. And then you got to subscribe, as I said, tdfantasy.com. Jamie, how can everybody follow you on social media and heckle you if your list turns out to be terrible? Uh, you, you can heckle me at Jamie Eisner on Twitter and at JME Eisner on Instagram. And guys, you can follow me at the underscore sports page with an eye on Twitter and Instagram. And you should definitely follow at TD Fantasy underscore on Twitter and Instagram. Check us out. Hit us up. Hit the follow button. Subscribe. Leave a review on iTunes. We appreciate any and all of that. And thanks for listening to today's TD Fantasy podcast. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.